This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Hey. Steady Brocking all game long. We begin to rock. Birdie. Brock until the game is done. Hey, we got it. We got it. The Brock Purdy fan club. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers, I know you're listening to us here on Sportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. I know you're listening to us. Brock's got to come on and join us, right? I mean, we are. Oh, we, have to. we have to have Brock. We are a have Brock Purdy it. fan club here. Have That's to. what it comes down to. And the clip that everybody heard just coming in, that was from our conversation. Not today. That was weeks ago or a week ago. We've been on this Brock Purdy MVP train for a while now. And last night, everyone can jump on board because a 42-10 victory over the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football where Purdy yet again wins Four touchdowns, no picks. This guy is playing as well as any quarterback in the league this year. He is, right now, in my mind, the MVP of the National Football League. Yeah, what was that? After week two or three, I think I brought up Christian McCaffrey as maybe a non-quarterback winning MVP. And you said, I'm glad you brought that up because it's not going to be CMC. It's going to be Brock Purdy. That was after, again, I think week two or three we've been on this train. Yeah, I mean, this offense has scored north of 30 points in every single game they've played in. The last four offenses to score 30 or more points in their first five games all were in the Super Bowl. How could you not give Brock Purdy credit for being on that side of history? Just some of the things that we've seen this guy do. Now, no matter how you want to break down the metrics when it comes to quarterback play, this guy is at the top of the league. Now, nobody's saying that Brock Purdy is the best quarterback in the NFL. What I am saying is – He's playing the quarterback position as good as anybody in the NFC, and he deserves consideration for the MVP because of what his team has been, the most complete squad in all of football. Okay, we're not saying he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I get that, and I agree with you. But he can't play for another team in another system. He's drafted by the Niners. This is the system he's playing in. Outside of Patrick Mahomes, he's playing better in his system than any other quarterback in the league. Tua's right there with him. I mean, you got to bring up Tua, obviously. Josh Allen has been up and down at times this year. It's getting to a point, and this is again. I want to put a caveat on this caveat on this part of it. I'm not comparing him to Brady. I'm comparing him situationally to when Brady started. But this was the evolution of Brady, right? It was guy who comes out of quote unquote nowhere, drafted really low, gets an opportunity to play, outperforms his contract by a mile, wins a ton of games, and over the course of time, we go from he's a systemed quarterback to oh, he's really good. He's just really, really good. And Brock Purdy is nowhere near Tom Brady, obviously, not breaking news, but Brock Purdy is really good at football. If he was drafted higher, we would be banging the table saying that this guy was the MVP. I mean, let's even take last year out of it, right? If C.J. Stroud was plugged in and was playing this way with the 49ers, don't you think we'd be like, wow, C.J. Stroud should be the MVP? Don't you think that would be a national conversation all the time? This year, you're saying? Yeah. As a rookie? Don't you think so? I don't know. That's interesting because he's a rookie. So we would would we go to the place of rookie for MVP? Maybe. I mean, if he had the this amount of touchdowns and, and low amount of interceptions and has not lost the game. I mean, Brock Purdy's in his second year in the NFL, and his, the Niners have not lost the game that he has started and finished. Yeah, he's and, 10-0. Er, yeah, and early on, we could sit there and say, well, it's all the other guys. And and I know CeCe's brought up the idea, well, Jimmy Garoppolo is in the same system, and that's it, not knocking um, Purdy, but the knock on Purdy's is like, well, other guys have done it. But they haven't done it as well. I mean, Jimmy G got to a Super Bowl with San Francisco, won a couple with New England. Got to he, a couple of conference championships. And he's not yeah. doing it as well as Purdy. Purdy. And if you think about it, again, the start and finished. 
if Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers when they play against the Philadelphia Eagles in that NFC Championship game and he doesn't get hurt, there's an argument they win that game and maybe the next one against against Kansas City. There's an argument that he would have won a Super Bowl in his rookie year. That's a bold statement to make, but he's also been that good. And his lack of preference when he gets under center and has the ball in his hands is amazing. And what I mean by that is I have no idea where he's going to throw the ball. I just know it's going to be to the open guy. I don't think he cares where the ball is going to go. I think Kyle Shannon has drilled in his head to his credit. This, These are the routes these guys are going to run. One of these guys is going to be open. Throw him the ball. Whoever it is. Doesn't matter. You don't have to look for Brandon Ayuk every single time or Debo every single time. He is an amazing point guard playing uh, quarterback right There's now. There's no doubt. But Kyle Shanahan is one of the best offensive minds in football. And, and I think that's one of those things that people use to discredit what Brock Purdy has been able to do. Like last night, he has a masterful performance, 17-24, over 250 yards and four touchdown passes, no picks, but only one tight window completion in the entire game yesterday. So this guy is throwing the wide-open guys. Now, the tight window completion was a hell of a throw to Debo Samuel (laughs) over the middle. That was the first drive coming out in the second half. I mean, he throws it over the linebackers' heads, but in front of the safety is what they call layering the throw. I mean, perfect layering of the throw for Brock Purdy. Not a lot of quarterbacks can do it better, and he has that ability to have that touch, to throw with anticipation. I think that's one of the things that we love to see about him. The other thing is he's great in situations. Last night on third downs, Brock Purdy was 4 6, 80 yards in a touchdown. In the red zone, he was a perfect 6 for 6, 55 yards, and three touchdowns. So the guy is good when it comes to situational football. The guy is good at being able to throw the ball down the field with anticipation. And I think those things can allow him to have high level of quarterback play, even though he doesn't have the dominant physical traits. So this is what bugs me. You just brought up something that people are critiquing, that he doesn't have the, um, what did you call it, in terms of the tight window completions, right? Yeah. So is he supposed to apologize that his coach gets everybody open? You know what I mean? <laughs> It's like, it, what, what are we supposed to do? He's throwing to the guys that are open. It's, why are we going to hold that against him? I don't, And I know you're not. I'm just saying, well, let's see it when they have the tight window completions. What if they don't? What if they have no tight window completions? Then what? It's because we keep trying to yeah but him. I know, but like they, they get open all the time. They run brilliant schemes. They have multiple players that, that teams would want, like they would give up first rounders for. What do you want him to do? It's like, nah, you know what? I know George Kittle's open, but I need to improve my tight window completions. And Kyle <laughs> Juszczyk has two guys on him. Let me throw it there. He makes all the right decisions. That also tells me the non-tight windows means he always makes the right decision. And he's not trying to force anything. He knows who he is. This guy's phenomenal. He's yeah, awesome. I think there's something to be said for not making mistakes and playing relatively yeah. clean football. I mean, he's there's a reason why he's tops in the NFL in QBR. He's second in completion percentage. He's top 10 in yards and touchdown passes. And he doesn't have any picks. I, I think that makes a difference, especially when you're going up against a team that's evenly matched. If you were to ask anybody what the difference in last night's game was, everybody would say the quarterback play. It couldn't have been a more glaring disparity when you do a tail of the tape of these two teams they're all right there. Like, everybody wants to say, oh, he's got so much talent around him. It ain't like Dak Prescott ain't got no talent around him, okay? Right, right. The Dallas Cowboys had eight pro bowlers last year. Forget about not having talent. They got talent around him, okay? They might have the best defensive player in all of football in Michael Parsons. There is talent around Dak. If you looked at the offensive line, you would probably give the edge to the Cowboys going into last night's game. But based on how everything shook out, Everybody understands that San Francisco is a more complete team. And what makes them more complete is that the quarterback doesn't make mistakes. 
and he operates the offense at a really high level. Higher at a higher level than Dak Prescott has all season long. Not only does Dak continue to make mistakes and have the turnovers, but he does it at the worst time. Right? It's right? I just I want to hear Jerry Jones's interview. You know how he does the weekly interview? Oh, I can't wait for that tomorrow. I can't wait I for can't that wait either for that. because what happened last week? He said execution. This is he without mincing words basically put it all on Dak. Said execution is the key. I think we have the talent. He brought up to Dak's get- name. Yes. Remember, yes, he said he if we maximize what we get from Dak Prescott, there's no reason scheme-wise or physical-wise yeah. that we can't play well enough to win. We have he the didn't, talent. He didn't bring up McCarthy's name. He didn't bring up any other player's name. He brought up Dak by name, which is to say these are the games that you get paid for. Yep. Can you get us on the right side of these games? And last night he got his answer. Probably wasn't what he was looking for, though. And he specifically, in addition to saying Dak's name, brought up execution, which was obviously something that was lacking last night. And it has to be an interesting position for Jerry to be in because I believe, based on what he's told us, he's not sold on Dak and he doesn't want to pay him. But by having that confirmation bias in Dak, you're also not in a position to win a Super Bowl. So he's between a rock and a hard place because he needs Dak to be excellent in order for him to get his ultimate goal, but then he's going to have to pay him, and he's not sold on him. Well, the Brock Purdy effect also affects that because there may be some teams that be like, oh, we can find our guy. Look at the Niners. They found their guy. This is not a guy that, oh, we just found him. He's unbelievably good at football and I don't think that the Cowboys could just say you know what we're going to get rid of Dak and just find our version of Brock Purdy I don't buy it no I'm not saying they can find their version of Brock Purdy but there's a reason why they gave up a fourth round pick for Trey Lance right like Jerry Jones didn't do that for no reason and Jerry Jones said that Trey Lance doesn't factor into the quarterback plans for 2023 well it begs the question why the hell did you trade for Trey Lance it's well, Dak, maybe it's, 2024. Well, that's my point. It's <laughs> Dak Prescott contract negotiation insurance. Here's the thing. We're not having a conversation about Dak potentially not being the quarterback for the Cowboys unless there was the $60 million cap charge that the Cowboys are looking at for Dak in 2024. So in order for the Cowboys to lower that number, they have to give Dak Prescott more money or they have to trade Dak Prescott. Those are their only options. Dak Prescott is not taking a hometown discount. He didn't during the last contract negotiation. There's no way he would do it this time because he has even more leverage because the Cowboys have got to do something with his cap hit. So what is Jerry Jones to do? If it doesn't go well this season, if the Cowboys don't get closer to their ultimate goal, I believe that this is a conversation that they are having in Frisco, Texas at the Star, which is the Dallas Cowboys facility. They are talking about what are our contingencies as quarterback if this thing doesn't work out. If Dak Prescott wants 55, 56, 57 million dollars a year, are we willing to pay him that? If not, can we trade him away for a first round pick and use that to get a quarterback at the top of next year's draft? These are all of the different conversations that have to happen if the Cowboys underachieve for yet another season. You would have had a three-year body of work of a team not coming up big when you need them to, especially in the postseason against quality competition. If that ends up being the case for the Cowboys, for whatever uh, for whatever reason, then I think that that becomes a real conversation in Dallas this offseason. Matt in Tennessee watching on ESPNU joins us on the unsportsmanlike nation call-in line, the Dr. Pepper call-in line. What's up, Matt? Good morning, y'all. Morning. Good morning. Uh, well, I'm a Dallas fan. I've been a Dallas fan, I don't know, since I was a kid. I'll actually be 40 this year in November. I can remember the glory days of Dallas, Troy Aitman and all them boys. I'm I'm beating the drum right now for Tony Romo. 
because I'm telling y'all right now, people can say what they want to say about Romo, but I trust Romo last night better than I trust garbage Dak. Dak's garbage. He is garbage. He needs to go, him and Jerry. Jerry needs to go to a damn old folks home. Yeah, so um, you're not gonna you're not going to remove the owner and general manager of the team. That's not gonna happen. To call Dak garbage is ridiculous. Here's the problem: Cowboys fans have obviously a short memory. What you're doing to Dak today is what you have done to Tony Romo and what you did to Tony Romo the course of his entire career. You're going to be overly critical because the guy is wearing a star in his helmet. He's playing quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I get it. If Dak is garbage. Look at some of the other quarterbacks around this league. Dak was not good last night, but Dak Prescott has far up until this point outperformed his totality of his contract as, what, a third or fourth round pick coming out of Mississippi State. This guy has been an excellent quarterback. Was he excellent last night? No. Is he living up to the no interception moniker that he basically was giving himself coming into the season? Absolutely not. But to call Dak garbage? That's garbage. Was he great last night? Absolutely not. But you played against a team that legitimately may go undefeated this year. That's how good San Francisco is. So you want to be critical of Dak? Fine. Calling him garbage? No, that's not cool. That's not cool. Can Bill Belichick actually figure it out and turn it around? We'll find out next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio along with Michelle Smolman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPNU. Listen to us on Sirius XM80, all the great stations all across the country in the ESPN app. Well, as a Pats fan... Not the circumstances in which I wanted to be talking to this guy. He's a four-time Super Bowl champ. I always love talking to Charlie Weiss, but I like talking to him about the good stuff. Uh, today, I guess I don't have an opportunity to lead into the good stuff here. Uh, he hosts airing it out on Sirius XM NFL Radio Channel 88 from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time each and every day. Former Pats offensive coordinator. He joins us now. All right, Coach, let's start off with this. Does this look like a Bill Belichick coach team this year in New England? Well, it hasn't looked like a Bill Belichick coach team for the last couple of years. Uh, I think that they they definitely need a restructuring going on there. We know that their defense can still play, even though they're not playing at the top of their game. But at least there's some excuses with with Judon not being there and Gonzalez not being there. You could see you could see a little bit of that this week. But I mean, what's your excuse last week when they were playing? Mm. And offensively, offensively, we went into went into this year 
my my main question was forget about Mac Jones for a second. Who scares you on that offense? I mean, there's no wide receiver threat outside that makes you say, God, we have to stop that guy. There's no tight end. They don't have Travis Kelsey. We're saying we got to stop that guy. I mean, and regardless of how everyone else is playing, if the defensive coordinator can go against you every week, not worrying about who they have to stop, you know, you've already lost half the battle. Coach, owner Robert Kraft said this all season that he doesn't believe in allowing individual players or coaches to go out there and chase individual accolades. Uh, I, I mean, he needed to see evidence that things were getting turned around. Uh, I, I just I wonder if things continue to trend in the direction that they do, could you see Robert Kraft making a change when it comes to the head coach for the Patriots? Yes. I mean, uh, I think it would be mutual. I don't think it would just be Kraft just canning them, but I could see that happening. You know, hey, they have Mayo, you know, waiting in the wings to be the head coach. It's pretty, you know, that's I'm not telling you, giving you any big news flash. I mean, that's, you know, everyone, everyone in the league knows that's what's going to end up happening eventually. But if things keep on going the way they're going, I could, I could see there, there being, a, being a change. Coach, if New England and Bill Belichick part ways, do you think that's over for his coaching career, or do you think he might try to go somewhere else? Oh, I think that'll be his decision because it won't be for a lack of opportunity. I mean, if he wants to coach, there'll be, I'm sure there'll be somebody there that, that wants to hire him. The question, really, that he would face is, look, at, he has ruled the roost in New England since back when we went there to, you know, when I went there as his offensive coordinator back in 2000 or 99, whenever we went there originally, I mean, he has ruled the roost. You know, he, he makes, and Kraft, when he, when he hired him, he put him in that position. Now, in today's game, I mean, what organizations do that where they have a coach that is the, the one and only, you know, almost every organization I know has a GM handle the personnel and a head coach handle the team, and that's the way it works. So the question is, would he be willing to do like what Andy Reid did? Andy Reid went from the grand, great poobah, the grand poobah in, in Philadelphia to when he got to Kansas City, he goes, you, got, you know, Veach, you run the personnel, I'll run the football. And if Bill were willing to do that, I'm sure he'd have plenty of opportunities. It is on Sportsman Like here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you, talking with Charlie Weiss, of course, longtime Pats offensive coordinator, former head coach, and now Sirius XM NFR Radio Channel 88, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time. Coach, situationally, not who they are or anything like that, but situationally, does the Brock Purdy situation in San Francisco remind you of your first couple of years with Brady in New England? Uh, it has now since he started playing last year. It reminds me a lot of the way he's played. There's an unheralded guy. Forget about the fact that he was Mr. Relevant. He was a seventh-round draft choice, just like Tommy was a sixth-round draft choice. Right now, I think Purdy's the MVP of the league at the, as we speak at, at this time. We talk about all those players around him. I think he's almost underappreciated in San Francisco because – Everyone wants to talk about McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk and Kittle 
and they want to talk about everyone but him. I mean, you watched the game last night. It wasn't like he wasn't throwing balls into tight windows. I mean, he had one throw to Ayuk that was behind him a little bit to his back shoulder. Other than that, the guy played a flawless game. I mean, he's playing unbelievably. He's cool, calm. He reminds me a lot of Tom. Coach, the Dallas Cowboys did a lot of talking leading into last night's game, and then afterward, both Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy expressed surprise that it was so one-sided. Did that outcome in last night's game surprise you? Well, how how bad it was surprised me. You know, I I was I expected San Francisco to beat them because I have I don't have any confidence in, in Dallas's offense, but I do have confidence in Dallas's defense. And I thought that the game would be much more competitive than it was. But when your quarterback throws in three interceptions and the other quarterback doesn't throw any, you know, that, that already puts you in a bad light right right from the start. And I think that, you know, Dallas, Dallas has concerns. A lot, of, a lot of Dallas's early season success came from the fact that two of their opponents were the Giants and the Patriots. You know, so – I think a lot of it has to do with who you're playing, who you're playing too. But uh, I have more confidence in Dallas in Dallas's defense than offense. But uh, I mean, you look at the Eagles right now, and you look at the Cowboys right now, and everyone says they're close. I don't think they're close. Coach, I want to go back to the Patriots for a second and get your evaluation on Mac Jones. Do you think that we can see him put it together and be a true quarterback that's a difference maker? Or do you think that what we're seeing from him now is who Mac Jones is? Do you think that the changing of coordinators, and including the two coordinators last year, has done so much damage to him that this is who Mac Jones will be moving forward? Well, I'm going to answer this in two parts. Okay. I, liked, I really like Mac Jones coming out in the draft. As a matter of fact, I liked him second of all those guys that were drafted that year. I liked him second uh, out of the five guys that were taken in the first round. He was a really good college player his last year at Alabama. And his first year in the league under Josh, I thought he, I thought he, he showed signs that this guy could be a legit, a legit starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, then comes last year, which, I mean, who can blame last year on Mac Jones? Now, he was part of the problem, but who could blame last year on him? I mean, it was a disaster. So now Billy O'Brien's in there, and I trust that Billy O'Brien knows what he's doing. But the question, the question is, with the offensive line being in shambles, with them not having a front-line wide receiver, with them, with, with them really not being able to get it rocking and rolling and be able to play the the – the way New England like, likes to play, you wonder what it's going to take. And I think for him to be successful, he already has a, a front-line coordinator, uh, front-line coordinator in place. I think he, need, I need, he needs more help before we can make a judgment on whether he can do it or he can't do it. Coach, let's finish with this. If you were Belichick and Kraft, ownership hasn't gone through yet in Vegas, would you be tempted to call Brady? Oh, he's not playing. I mean, you guys. I mean, you have to talk to Tommy. He's not playing. He's done. You know, he's he's not playing. Doesn't I, make a difference if you call. Him. He's not playing. Had to ask. Had to ask. It's you know, it's that bad. Unfortunately for me as a Pats fan and for all the the Patriots out there, great insight hey, as always. Yes, go ahead, Coach. Sorry. If Tommy wanted to be playing, he he'd be playing. 
you know, so I, I know you got the ownership and say, well, because it hasn't gone through yet, he could still go. If he wanted to be playing, there's there's eight teams right now. It's not two. It's not just not just New England. There's a bunch of teams that would be that would be making that phone call. They're not the only ones. But no, he's not playing. So stop, you know, stop with that and and just deal with the problem you got to deal with. Thank you, Coach. Always appreciate it. Charlie Weiss, four-time Super Bowl champ. Aaron and out. Series X and NFL Radio Channel 88, 10 a.m. until noon Eastern time. Thank you, Coach. Have a good day, everybody. All right. Thank you, Coach. Uh, coming up, uh, well, yeah, we have an interesting situation on our hands. There is a situation that's coming up here on this show. We have a Monday Night Football preview with the Packers and the uh, Raiders, but there may have been a little bit of uh, shenanigans, you want to say, CC? Is that a yeah, word? Yeah. Yeah, well, there may be some shenanigans. That's a good way to describe it. We have to get to coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Time now for a Monday Night Football preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Tonight, we have Green Bay at Vegas. We've got the Devontae Adams Bowl. As long as we're going to bowl, <laughs> as long as we're going to bowl everything now, like yeah. if Nathaniel Hackett gets a bowl, oh man, Devontae Adams definitely deserves yeah. a bowl. That's for sure. Let's just hope that this game is more entertaining than the Hackett Bowl on Sunday. The, the, Which, Hackett, the Hackett Bowl might have set football back a couple of decades. I believe it was Andrew Catalan. <laughs> At least Catalan on the offensive on the, side. Well, he said it wasn't on the great. CBS. It, was it wasn't great. <laughs> Andrew Catalan, the play-by-play voice on CBS, I believe said something, and I'm paraphrasing, that you will not see this game in Canton one day. No. Basically is what he said all. during that, that uh, Broncos-Jets game. But tonight's interesting because I don't know that we yet know if either one of these teams will hover around the postseason. And the reason I say it that way, and the Raiders have been bad, but the Raiders schedule-wise is actually pretty easy coming up if you think that they're decent-ish. If the Raiders are okay, their next three three games are winnable. Home against the Packers, home against the Patriots, at the Bears. Now, they also could lose all three of those games as well with the way in which the Raiders are, right? So, theoretically, they may have a good little run here. And then the Packers, I think we've all assumed all year they're probably going to hover around the same record they had last year. Eight and nine and nine and eight, which is 
actually a better end result this year than it was a year ago because of the fact that they have less money spent at the quarterback position. Certainly not a better quarterback, but less money spent at that position. So Packers at the Raiders tonight. Vegas is favored by two. CC, what are you seeing this evening? Yeah, I mean, you brought up the schedule for the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, you look at the next six games, th- they could potentially go 5-1. and one. Like, that, like, they could. They could go 5-1, and one, but they could also lose every single one of those games, too. But uh, tonight's matchup is going to be an interesting one. I look at this as a bounce-back opportunity for Jordan Love and Green Bay. Remember the last time we saw them was week four, short week on Thursday Night Football. So they've had... Three extra days to prepare, and Jordan Love couldn't find a softer place to land in terms of the defense that he's up against. When it looks at the Raiders, their defense is bottom five when it comes to opponent QBR, when it comes to pressures and sacks. So they, they, they've they given up eight passing touchdowns to only one interception. So the the passing game for Green Bay should come alive tonight. You know Matt LaFleur is going to scheme it up. It's just a matter of Jordan Love being able to execute and get the ball to his playmakers and avoid the mistakes. Again, this is a soft place to land when you think about the pass defense of the Raiders. If their offensive line can hold up in protection, I know that's a big if, Look out, it could be a big night for Jordan Love. I'll also be interested to see how Aaron Jones performs tonight. He had extra time to have that hamstring heal a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they need the the run game to improve for Green Bay. They gained just 3.3 yards per carry so far in the season. So hopefully he's a little bit healthier and can help him in that area as well. So we also have some shenanigans going on here. Okay, I think we need to get to this. So on Fridays, we've been having Joe Fortenbaugh on, Carlin versus Joe, right? Yep. And Joe is part of Daily Wager. He's somebody that really knows the wagering aspect of football. Yes. And we said, we talked about games and different bets, prop bets, whatever it is, every single weekend. And Smalls made the suggestion, let's just ask him for the three games that we're all picking as shows (laughs) this weekend. And we didn't let him know that we were doing that. We asked him about the Bills and the Jaguars. We asked him about the Ravens and the Steelers and the Cowboys and the Niners. Yeah, just some old-fashioned trickery. And where he would go on all of those. Well, he gave us advice on all three, and we finished 0-3. Yeah. Because we listened to his picks. Now, conversely, he finished 3-0 and and picked the exact opposite of what he said on our show. So a couple things here. One, did we get played? No doubt. Oh, we played ourselves. No doubt. We, we, no question about DJ it. DJ Khaled style. We played yeah, ourselves. Yeah. And I'll take ownership on that one because yeah. it was my idea. Yeah. Okay. Do we now ban him? <sighs> I don't think we ban him. But I, I, he is I, an do, expert. I do think we have to. Is he to. an expert? He's helping the people. He might no, not be no, helping no, no, us, no, no, but well, he's, he's going to help well, the people. Listen, we can't go 0-3 and, and say that he's helping the people because he's giving that advice to our audience That's as, a, good as point. a matter of trying to to give them a competitive advantage a by point. sandbagging us. So, no, we can't. Here's the thing. I think this is the resolution that we come to. Okay, talk to We me. can bring them onto the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. We can ask them about how to play certain games. But when it comes to the pick'em challenge, we try to avoid the actual lines of the pick'em challenge. So maybe there are, are aspects of the games that we can bet, like we can isolate first half point total, things of that nature, um, if we want to, prop bets in the games that we're featuring in the pick'em challenge. But don't ask him about the spread in which way he would play the line when it comes to the games in the pick'em challenge. Now, you vetoed one of the picks. I did, Raven Steelers. So in, good con- in good conscience, I could not allow us to bet on Pittsburgh. Wait, but you that- don't think Joe Fortenbaugh knows that? Of course he knows that. So he's doing of chestnut Of course checker. he knows that. Okay. Of course he knows that. I was going to say, did he give us the right pick in that one, but we vetoed it. This is a guy that looks at temperature and all of these other <laughs> things when it comes to how he's going to mm. play a certain game with the line. Like it is, Joe Fortenbaugh is diabolical. He's not oh, trustworthy. He's the added fa- to the, the, fa- the fact that the guy would wear the mustache and, and, just, and, and the vest. 
Very untrustworthy when you decide you're going to go with that combination. Now, he's since shaving the mustache, but somebody that would make that life choice, yeah. we can't put our full mm. faith in. But I'll tell you this. The mustache <laughs> and the vest, I said before, gave me saloon du- wooden double doors vibes. No like, doubt. Like a western villain vibes. Yeah. And he might It's have Ken sh- from Barbie vibes, yeah. Mojo Doja Casa House vibes? No question. Now, he might have shaved the mustache, but I think the vibes remain. Yeah. The, the old yeah. western villain vibes remain. Yeah, and I'm sure, pretty sure he's still got the vest in the closet. Oh, 100%. Would it bother him? If we put someone else on instead of him, because that's another angle. Like, in other words, wait a minute. I don't know. He gets I'm supposed to be on and not that person. I don't know who the person is. I mean, we have great people at ESPN that mm-hmm. do that. Aaron Dolan, amongst others. I mean, I don't know. Do we do we then go right into the show? Carlin? Put Carlin on instead? No, because they're together. No, there's a versus in between them. Their name is Carlin versus Joe. Yeah, but they're yeah, in but they're, with their picks. They're, they're trying to beat us when it yeah, comes to show yeah. picks. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I think No, I do know. I, I don't think we can trust either one of them. We could get Tyler Fulgham on. Well, yeah, and we, ask him. we have Tyler on a different day, though. We can't, we can't oh, double up. We already have Tyler on as a regular. Yeah, we do. The week. Yeah. We do. I think we have to. I think we have to roll with Joe. Yeah, we have to roll with Fortinball. Well, they're twelve and three to, on the We year. just have to use a little more strategy, some more strategery mm. in our approach with Fortinball. So we have to outplay him. I don't he played think, us. I, I, and we I, play I don't ourselves. think we can outplay, outplay a guy that, that that made his chops in Vegas. I don't think. I don't think that's yeah, in the cards tough. for us. That's tough. Yeah, I think. I think we just try to be straight up. We avoid picks against the spread with the games in the Pick'em Challenge, okay. and we ask them about all the other odds and ends from the weekend that will be in sports betting. Okay, I got an idea then. We ask them about the most obscure games possible. Like the, mo- the game that like only if you have a real issue where you're going to bet and see in the moment if he's going to have – like, all right, you, what do you think about uh, Central South Dakota State? We're not going to catch them off guard. That's not going to work. Oh, I, try- I guarantee. I've, I've, I've tried it. It's not going to work. Oh, I'll find a game. I've tried I'll it. Find it's a game. not going to work. No, he's okay. locked in. Remind me on Friday. It has been Jennifer. done before. He's locked, he's locked in. Do you think he knew what we were doing? Yes, of course he did. But I mean, we played real- ourselves. Do you think he realized it in the moment, or do you think when we connected with him, he may have heard us talking about no, it? No, I, I think I'm he realized it in the moment, and he knew. I think he had a, he had that game worse. plan. Yeah, that's even worse. He anticipated. That's even worse. Exactly, and he was ready for. He it knows when that's it better than we yeah, know. Exactly. Us. It's like we called Rough. the blitz, and he threw a screenplay on third and long. Yeah, they're up. Let's see here. Five games on the year. On us, four and a half games, whatever it is. Wow. Yeah, it's not, not great, Bob. It's going to be impossible for us to come back. Don't on say this that. One. It's still a lot of seed. We got what twelve, thirteen weeks of NFL that. football left. No, it's not going to be possible. We got thirteen weeks of NFL football. We got plenty of time. I can't have this guy throwing in the towel. Exactly. Stop yourself. Monday Night Football Preview. The Raiders and the Packers, of course, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycles, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your pro- uh, protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up, our unsportsmanlike moment of the day. Next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you at 888-SAY-ESPN. That is our telephone number. 
You all right? Ooh, I'm just looking at some of the comments that Trent Williams made post-game about the Dallas Cowboys. Trent Williams said, and I quote, he can't remember the last time his workday was done 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Oh. Ha! Oh. Ha! 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 He pulls no punches, that guy. Ha! 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 Wow. And I wouldn't want to be punched by that guy. I think he's the most intimidating player in the entire NFL. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. Trent, Trent Williams, left tackle, San Francisco 49ers, the most intimidating player in the NFL. I think he is just awesome at what he does. He's the number one ranked left tackle. And he is a beat. I mean, the Niners have, like, literally the best at every position, it feels like. Yeah. Trent Williams allowed one pressure in his eight pass-blocking snaps against Micah Parsons last night. One. And he looks like he's three times one. the size against of Against Micah Parsons. One. <laughs> he's, an enormous, he's an enormous man that eats defenders for dinner. And then he's, oh saying, my gosh. And then he's saying it was easy work. Easy work. Easy he was work. like, yeah, the Cowboys, they're usually an ice bath game, but not after the night. <laughs> so much shade coming from. But I you know what, though? The Cowboys deserve it because of all the trash they talk. Well, the Niners they deserve, are that good, too. They deserve also, it. The, the Cowboys deserve all the smoke that they're getting now. Also, where's the lie? There is no lie. You it, know? Was, it was easy work. It was easy work. Well, that's a candidate for our unsportsmanlike moment of the day, obviously. But time now for our unsportsmanlike moment of the day. I've been a Dallas fan, I don't know, since I was a kid. I'll actually be 40 this year in November. I can remember the glory days of Dallas. Troy Aitman and all them boys. I'm I'm beating the drum right now for Tony Romo. Because I'm telling y'all right now, people can say what they want to say about Romo, but I trust Romo last night better than I trust garbage Dak. Dak's garbage. He is garbage. He needs to go, him and Jerry. Jerry needs to go to a damn old folks home. <laughs> Okay, that was Matt in Tennessee, a caller from earlier in the show. You can go back on the ESPN app and listen um, to our entire show, our podcast. Now, I want to be clear on something. Okay. When he first called, I thought he was suggesting Tony Romo to coach the team. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's an out-of-left-field suggestion, but let's listen to him. He wanted Tony Romo to play quarterback last night. He didn't want him to coach the team. He was looking for Tony Romo currently to play quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Is that what he got? Because my takeaway was it was we don't appreciate what Tony Romo was. Mm-hmm. And now that we see Dak Prescott, it makes us look back more fondly on the years that Tony was quarterback in our team. That's what uh, I took from it. Same. I mean, either way. It's, you're not getting to where you want to go. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean Tony, it's not like Tony Romo won. It's not like me not sitting all. here today saying, oh, God, I missed the Brady days. But, but okay, I, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't miss the Brady no, days. No, no, no. I, I guess I'm thinking back on it. It, it. it feels like with Tony Romo, there was a time in his tenure as a starting quarterback where the Cowboys looked like the best team in football. And I know because I was on that team. It's never felt like that with Dak Prescott as a starting quarterback. Maybe if you want to look at that first year, but it doesn't feel like it was because of Dak. It felt like it was because of Zeke in that defense. But I don't know, man. Either way, the Cowboys don't look like a team that, that's going to get where they want to go, which is winning a championship yeah. this year. Yeah. That, that's, gonna, the, that's the big takeaway. And I'm going to be honest, that call, I took away the shade about Jerry going to the old folks home. Yeah. And by the way, his birthday's this week. He's going to be 81 this week, Jerry. Let me, let me ask you a question, Smalls. Is 81. what Matt from Tennessee Express, representative of the Dallas Cowboys fan base, do they all feel like that about Jerry? I'm sure. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> Jerry has been more of a problem than he's been a solution. So what you're saying is he's fat-handing the team. He's going to be 81 this week. <laughs> I mean, Jerry wants to win more than anything. Yeah, but and he ain't the- buying green bananas, though. But the clock is ticking. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I bet you there are some fan bases that are actually envious of Jerry Jones and the way in which he runs the Cowboys because they're always front and center. 
and they're always relevant. And I think that there are some fan bases that probably feel ignored and don't feel like they have the proper attention on them. And Jerry Jones has given the Dallas Cowboys a level of attention that even attention, excuse me, that even as the Dallas Cowboys they didn't have previously. That it, now it's it's a circus at times. But he certainly brings relevancy to the organization. A couple other notes here. I just want to get in. Uh, maybe the most surprising thing of the NFL weekend. Jonathan Taylor got a contract extension, by the way, <laughs> and he played. Right? And Jonathan yeah. Taylor, we all thought he was going to – he did ask out that they weren't going to give a running back an extension. Then he gets an extension. And i got to be honest. I'm a Jonathan Taylor fan, but I don't know why they gave him an extension. How many running backs around the league do we need to see that come out of nowhere, look at Miami, and are awesome – and they gave him an, a contract extension. I mean, their backup yesterday, Zach Moss, had a great game for them when Taylor was working his way back. I, that may have been the most surprising thing of the entire NFL weekend. Yeah, but I still think that Jonathan Taylor is the kind of difference maker that you go ahead and pay, especially when you have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Yeah. It makes sense. And what are we really talking about? The guaranteed portion of the deal being what amounts to two franchise tags. So if the guy was going to be on your team anyway and you're forced to pay him, you want to try to get something for him because Jonathan Taylor, for all we know, could have decided to milk that ankle injury that he had surgery on this offseason and not played and collected $4 bucks and been a step closer to the free agency. So I guess it made sense for Jim Ursay to put that to bed, especially given that he has a team that – surprisingly is position, in position to compete in the AFC South because of the parity in that division. So much of the offseason and preseason conversation was about the value of the running back yeah. in the NFL. Do you think this contract shifts that conversation at no, all? No, because I think Jonathan Taylor is an outlier. It's more of an aberration than it is the norm. And here's the other thing. I don't think teams devalue the running back. They just don't want to incur the risk of injury when it comes to paying that position because of the physicality, because of the toll that it takes on those guys – they don't want to risk. They don't want to run the risk of the guy not being able to give them a return on the investment based on the life of the contract. But with Jonathan Taylor, it's a three-year deal. It's a three-year extension. So you have this year, and then you've got three more years. You're talking about Jonathan Taylor being going into his seventh season, and he'll probably be done by then. So it's okay, and they can cut him after two years. So I just, it seems like it makes sense for the Colts. Like, this is, uh, you know, essentially locking them up for this year, 2024, 2025, and then we'll reevaluate in 2026. So, essentially, the club having an option. Well, the other reason that it's a no for me on that, Smalls, is look at the other two that we've been discussing and where they're at right now. Saquon, unfortunately, is hurt. There's no reason to give him a big contract extension right now. And Josh Jacobs is on the Raiders, and they haven't been very good, and he hasn't been a huge part of their offense. Now, maybe tonight everything changes in that game. But who else are we giving extensions to? Well, those guys to? are in their fifth years, and Jonathan Taylor's in his Right, but who else do you want to give an extension to? Who else around the league would you sit there and say, oh, i got to give an extension to this running back versus trying to find one? I don't have a guy that I would sit there and say – I got to give this guy an extension because there's too many examples of guys just being found at that position all across the NFL. Now, the other thing is, it feels Christian like. Christian McCaffrey's a guy that you well, would give an extension to. He's, yeah. he's, he's different. He's, 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 he's a guy that's going to be in line in an extension soon. Uh, by the way, and his fullback. So, yeah, and his fullback. Yeah, he's going to be in So you want to ask the question? That's the answer. Yeah, fine. That's one. Yeah, yeah. Right? We're talking about one guy of 32 in the Yeah, league. I think, I, again, I think it's an outlier. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Jonathan Taylor is like every other running back because the guy went north of 2,000 yards from scrimmage two years ago. Like, he's, he, he's done something that's special. So I think there's a difference in the class of running back. There are certain guys that are special, and I think Jonathan Taylor is special with the skill set, and then you factor the age in as well. 
you know, because you're talking about him being in his fourth season and not his fifth or sixth season, it changes the math in terms of a franchise's willingness to pay him. All right, yes or no on this. Teams like New England, Denver, there are probably some other teams out there, maybe Carolina. By this time tomorrow, do we expect changes in any way, shape, or form that are tangible that we can discuss? By this time tomorrow, right? Because there's all this threat of, we need to restart, we need to rebuild, this guy's not my guy. What are the teams? Let's say New England, let's say Denver, let's say Carolina, maybe Minnesota. Do we expect by this time tomorrow us having tangible evidence of things look different with those teams? No. Smalls? I don't think so. I think we're a week away from consequential decisions being made with those franchises. We ain't, we ain't far away from it, though. You're right to ask the question. We're not far away from it. We're not far from the Kirk Cousins being traded conversation heating up a little bit. Greeny is coming up next. We are on to Tuesday. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.